VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I don't need no wine and dine. I want something high class. High class. I spend my nights at home romancing the podcast. Take a deeper dive into these movies that are trash. trash. Me once in a bookstore and then we'll smash. Roll call. Todd. Paige. The, the other guy. Oh yeah, Mikey. Mikey. Thank you for tuning to Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week... Mikey made us watch Summer, Summer Cash. Cash. So, Mikey, first off, thank you. I don't know how I missed this, but I had missed this movie, and I'm going to watch this so many more times. Are you I really? really? loved it. Are you kidding? Okay. I love this movie. This but Mikey, movie was interminable. <laughs> oh, but Paige, it's amazing. I, don't get me wrong. There's wild shit happening, but it's not fun enough for me to watch it more than once. I stood up and yelled at my screen when at the end of the movie, he was like, I found it. I learned how to pitch or whatever. And she goes, let's be together. I was like, oh, I did is, write that down. I was like, is this is the dumbest thing. line that's ever been screen written. <laughs> I, I, yes. Oh, my God. It's like they had ChatGPT write a summer-themed baseball rom-com, and we're watching it, and I loved it. But, Mikey, why did you pick it? Mm-hmm. This movie's terrible. I saw it in high school, and I hated it then. And I was like, hey, what a good moment to do this again. Also, this is a great look at America P-9-11. <laughs> this is pre-9-11, but only just barely. But this was like, it does kind of capture what... High school was like for like this movie was very high school. Like it was just uh I was gonna say I was like there are no high schoolers in this film. Oh, well they're all eighteen year old boys who are like are they college kids? They're in they're college. In their twenties. They're in their twenties. Yeah, they're in their twenties. They're like, I would assume late college career. You guys might have noticed that they liked beer in this movie. This really did have unqualified white guy trying to get on the Supreme <laughs> Court vibes. Yes. 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 <laughs> this yes, movie, it does. I, I think I saw it on the theaters. I saw it in theaters and I was like, Well, I, at the time I really didn't like rom coms and out of all the rom-coms, I didn't like this one the most because I was like, this movie was terrible. I think if I had watched it under those circumstances, like when I was in, I don't know, high school or early college or whatever mm-hmm. you were at the time, I would have been upset. I'd be like, that's trash. But now that I have a podcast where I get to make <laughs> fun of trash movies, the whole time I was watching this, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to talk about this. This is so insane. They have zero chemistry. I know. Like, Jessica Biel and Freddie Prince have zero chem- And I like Freddie Prince. And Me I like too. Jessica Biel. Me too. They're terrible together in this film. <laughs> she she dresses like a business lady for cons- like the whole film. Like She's rich, so she has to wear a pantsuit. That's what hot girls in movies at the time wore. Because I don't know if you remember from She's All That. But the hot girl in that movie also dresses like a slightly revealing businesswoman at school all the time in heels in skirts in sweaters every dude at the time just really wanted to listen to blink 182 and bang a librarian (laughs) attainable dreams I, i still think that that's like the american dream you know it certainly was mine at the time yes i hooked up with a 
librarian major in college. Did you meet her at a rock show? Paige, what did you think about the movie? Not a fan. Well, okay. From a screenwriting and structure perspective, God, this is a problem. Oh, you mean the 30 themes they try to hit on throughout the film? Not only the 30 themes they try to hit on throughout the film, the fact that we have the same conversation roughly 12 times <laughs> with the same character. Yep. And there is a clear through line that you could use that all sports movies use. Do they use it? No. They're like, we're going to dick around for 40 minutes in the middle of this movie where you don't fully know if he's gaining ground or losing it. He's just constantly having the same conversation about pitching with everybody. And it's fucking impossible to sit through. This movie could be an hour shorter. It's only an hour and 45 minutes long. So like, it's, it's bad. But then Wilmer Valderrama's character is being sexually harassed for the entire film. And then they try to like bring it into land and make it a fun thing. And it is not. He is getting sort of groomed slash sexually harassed the entire summer eventually relents and i guess has sex with that woman and then is like congratulated by his friends for being groomed and sexually That's assaulted his, his friends are terrible <laughs> terrible and then they treat miles terrible and then but i was here for miles's speech at the end i was like fuck yes fuck yes mm -hmm. I, I it is worth enduring the the rampant fat phobia for the first two acts of this movie for this yeah. third act speech it is and, but Paige, when they were just like going off about fatties and fat girls like or whatever they weren't people i know it's insane it's there's a joke in there that's like what did one fat girl say to the other who cares they're fat like it's so yeah bad. yes but like the terrible. fact that they do turn it around at the end and Miles stands on the table and is like, I love fat women. Fuck y'all. It's what I'm into. Like, I love that. that shocked. I loved it too. But that shocked me, Paige, because it's 2001. Yes. And again, the actress, not that fat. Yes, you're Mikey, right. you're right. And it's not just her. There's actually three or four throughout the film in the background that I caught as I was, because if you watch him in the background talking to women, they are all on the thicker side but none of them are what we they were all still like straight size with big boobs is basically what they were yeah. even the woman that he we do see him have sex with is maybe a 12 like <laughs> like She's not what i would call fat they're like grateful of jelly and i was like her stomach is still flat it here. is yes! i don't, I don't yes! think she's uh <laughs> like, what are we talking about yes but this is the same time as bridget jones diary i think literally they were in the theaters at the same time yes or at least yeah, it's yeah. the same year i know that for a fact but like it's insane that they cast someone who is not fat and then call them fat in this movie as well especially with what they're trying to do and yes. with the speech he makes i'm like then put a fat like, person really in lingerie yeah like why not do yes. that yeah but i do love that because in 2001 i thought we were just gonna get those jokes and then that I, was, I was gonna like, be it wow I this know. is bad and then you get the speech and i was like but i was shocked the speech happened yeah like that's something that you would see now in a movie like at, in right. 2001 there was never a positive like of view course. of a big woman in movies from that era and they are playing it as a joke which i don't love right you know they're 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 like the idea that he would be into that is crazy and that's what's funny and i'm like not really <laughs> not crazy yeah um 
but I do like that they have a character being like, this is just what I'm into, and I am super into it. And I'm like, awesome. <laughs> this walked so someday we could get the speech in Dumplin' that's like, I like <laughs> you. Don't tell me what I can and can't like. I just like you the way you are. And you're just like... Yes! Oh my God! Cry. <laughs> I have, I have not seen that movie, but I, I I've heard Mikey and you talk about it, so I, I'm looking forward to doing Sobbed. it. Though none of us have been in the mood to like settle like a serious film lately, which I'm fine with. I I know. I, well, I was I, Jake and I were about to start the new season of Reservation Dogs at my parents' house, and I was like. I think we need to wait till we get home because I know I'm going to cry. Like, I'm going to need to sit on our couch and just sob for a bit. And so, like, let's wait till we get home. Having those Taco Bell sobbing fart fits. Taco Bell sobbing yeah. fart fits. Oh, I, that was... Remind, so I had to explain Too Hot to Handle to my dad. I had to explain Love Again to my mom, who was like, I'm sorry, wait, so Celine Dion plays herself? And I was like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> mom. But like if she was the head of the Adjustment Bureau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. Some yeah. sort of Zeusian figure, and we don't get a fun Boopo the Owl. I'm still mentally not okay, because the only show I watched yesterday was, we've put 10 strangers on a raft with different political beliefs, and they have to work together. And I was No, like, thank you. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> terrible. That's so funny. Worst church canoe trip ever. <laughs> the sequel to Deliverance is wild. <laughs> it's, so, it's, uh, it's on HBO. It's on Max or whatever. And I was like, well, let me check out this raft show. And uh, what's the name of it? Survive the raft. Okay, so it's survive the raft on eight. I'll have to check that out. Have fun. I'm gonna go cry over my premium television. <laughs> well, I mean, it's on Max, baby. It's cool. It's very diverse and inclusive, which is cool. But it also is like, oh, this is like a shit stirring pot that everybody's gonna get into it. It's a, and and they do take all the politics out of it. Dude has a seizure within like twelve, like a full blown gets helicoptered <laughs> out the first episode. Because they also have to survive and hunt their food on this raft. Oh, that's again terrible. I don't <laughs> like it. I would never sign up for this. And then all the money challenges. You either you can do it as a team and like you guys get to share the money at the end of the season or you can be like you could pocket this two grand and not tell your team or whatever and like so there's like there's like individual greed stuff see Love this it. is like on on this season of of too hot to handle where they're like we'll give you 25 grand to just walk oh, away i would have taken it 100 <laughs> percent. i told you they made the wrong choice right see, i was see? like what and then just texted them later and been like yo they offered me 25 grand but what's good yeah i was like louie you've all you touched the girl's boobs yesterday just take the money well, and and no couple has ever survived after too hot to handle oh, because it's a not. weird pressure cooker where they they're like himbos and and shimbos find uh partners within each other it never works out they live on different parts of the world louis in the uk she's in america take the 25 grand yes yeah. i would have taken it i would have taken it immediately i was shocked no one took it Shocked. I did like who got the top two, and I like who won. I, I, I like this season. Same. I like this. Season. I, I thought the season was great, but those dudes made the wrong choice. But <laughs> I love this movie because it very much is like a weird premise that I'm into. Like this little girl is trying to find the perfect mascot for her sea town, and eventually does find it in a like alcoholic fisherman yes. <laughs> with with one leg, a stereotype, I, if you will. Uh, of I thought of it was the, amazing. Yeah. Katie's journey in this movie, perfect. I feel like that would be the character you connected with. I, 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 I had a feeling. <laughs> if 
we were going to be hanging out at baseball games all summer, do you think I'd be on the field, Mikey? <laughs> do you think I would spend more than one day at a baseball game during the summer? It's That's hot. a one and done for me. I like the, the rich dad because he's like, I'll get all my friends to change their lawnmower services. And I was like, this guy... <laughs> Is amazing. Claps off to him. Dude, he's a, he is a proper 80s villain grown up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah, and this and I was like before that. he climbed onto the beach as a jellyfish in that right. X-Men movie. Exactly. <laughs> the President Kelly. Um, yes. but yeah. And then, and then, like, when the guy tells his dad, he's like, I didn't think you'd tell your dad. And you're like, what did you think was going to happen being yeah. an 80s villain? Like, yeah. yeah. Also, the fact that... His whole family is like successful business owners, but yet not okay. Is like a whole. The, where he's like, they're failures. I was like, they seem to be doing okay. <laughs> they seem to have fed and clothed you for years. <laughs> you mean like Fred Ward? Like in this in this movie? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. He's like solidly middle class. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he is way poorer than Jessica Biel's dad is for sure. Sure. Yeah. And like he's uncommonly wealthy. Like th- Fred Ward's doing better than most Americans. Yeah. <laughs> My town, Fred Ward, and his first oldest son, the responsible bar owner, that would have been like the nice yeah. 1% family. Oh, yeah. You'd have been like, oh, shit. Is that the guy from Tremors? I was like, his dad owns a landscape. <laughs> Dude, I would definitely let the guy who knows how to handle Tremors <laughs> handle my, like, shrubbery. Like, Gophers? I feel like he, yeah, I feel like he could do all <laughs> of that, like, lawn-based pest control. Yeah, anything ground-based. Yeah. Fred Ward is criminally underrated and should have had a huger career. I he agree. should have been making movies every year. A- yeah. Agreed. Although he made a fuck ton of movies, he did. It might have been close to every year, Mikey. <laughs> he probably, but he needed bigger parts. You know, it's like bigger I agree. Movies. Like he should have been the dad in October Sky, like or like shit like that. He should have been in that lane. But I loved him in this. I, I just love seeing him in movies, honestly, because he's great. Agreed. Mm. I I felt <laughs> I felt like this was a movie made by a person who was either like from a town like this or knew a lot about a town like this and wanted us to care. And I was like, I aggressively don't <laughs> like, well, I actually coincidentally watched a documentary about Cape Cod yesterday before. Did you I tell me? Because I was like, I thought for sure they scouted in Puerto Rico. <laughs> like, uh, it was called after the bite where it was a, it's a it's a Shark Week film on it also on oh. Max. Oh, where okay. A surfer gets killed by a shark in 2018, and like Cape Cod has to rethink how it does sharks. And it's a documentary about the to- the town, global warming, like fishing, and like like wildlife protection. It was an interesting documentary. Did it talk about baseball? No, it did not talk about baseball. Oh. I don't even know if the premise of this whole movie is true that like college students go to Cape Cod to play during the summer. Oh, I have no idea. I bought it. Like I don't have a problem with that. That stuff is sure to exist somewhere and why is why not Cape Cod? But I had yeah, no sure, idea if it's really true. I have no idea, but I do I did scream <laughs> at my at my computer quietly as I was watching this alone in my parents house at one in the morning uh when at the end of the movie before we get to the ending shots oh, where he is. has it's been real. called up to the majors oh nice before we find out he's been called up to the majors it's just like how would you like a spot 
playing on a farm team. I was like, this whole movie was about getting to the minors? And yeah. I like lost my mind. It is. It's so realistic though. He's like, oh, cool. 75 grand. Yes. I mean, that's a lot of money in 2001. We'll talk about it. But like, that's probably like more realistic because he's he he wasn't someone who was drafted while he was in college. Yes. So this is right, the one right. thing they decided to be super realistic on in the film. <laughs> Right, exactly. I was like, How what? would you like to live in Pontesecchi, New York on the Mud Buds minor league team? You're like, thank God. Thank yes. God I can continue to play the children's game. But I mean, if you have the talent, I would play sports for as long as you can. I mean, like, yeah. that's what you can always go back to school. Absolutely. Yeah. And that she was. Uh, wanted to be an architect and go to architecture school and I was like oh did they flip through the like paint by numbers rom-com and are like yeah architect I did think it was <laughs> wild that her dad is like so rich he looks down on architect <laughs> yes like, architect yes, is like right. a great architect. job what like, are you talking about <laughs> it's actually hard to make a lot of money as an architect you have to like really be in there that is true there's only a very few very successful ones in the country but i just love how often it shows up in rom-coms and it's a cool job so like yeah. also, if somebody wanted to do it and they're you know it's a bachelor's minimum, degree yeah it's a bachelor's degree maybe you end up as like a civil engineer or something instead yeah. of drawing the stuff but like there's definitely career options for it he acted like she said, I want to do performance art where I shit on canvases and it's about <laughs> communism. And instead of being like, I want to have a lucrative career as an architect. And he's just like, I can't let you do that. It's like, what are we talking about here? You have to go work for a venture capital firm and suck the economy dry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. It was so bonkers. <laughs> uh, and she has not finished school. So she's like, she's Nepo babying her way into some venture capitalist job instead of finishing school to be an architect because she hasn't finished college. Oh, I thought she had finished college because she talks about going to graduate school. No, she's taking time off. He stopped her from working in business. 9-11 was a couple of months out. He may have saved her life. Well, she was going to be in San Francisco. Yeah, not... she'd have been fine. But yeah, we... so her dad's dead. That could be regardless, Mikey. <laughs> I don't know how to bring this up, but this movie did premiere two weeks before 9-11 and oh, was God. in theaters at the time. I don't think it's based on their performances or anything, but I don't think we can rule it out that it didn't have something to do with it. You think Bin Laden watched the trailer on like Fox, you know, sports. He's watching The Simpsons and it came on and he's like, this is it. <laughs> this is death to America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you guys want to get in the movie so we can go through it scene by scene? Sure. Uh, so there's five scenes in this movie. Here's what they are. <laughs> Baseball, sex, talking about why I'm not good at baseball being bad at baseball and then friends who have made their entire life around making sure one person succeeds which is bonkers that's this entire film Wait, before you get into it i also have to say i hate baseball i don't hate baseball i just I don't love it. baseball i hated playing it i hated watching it i will go to a minor league game that we have here because they have a putt-putt course in the outfield and <laughs> Also bars everywhere, and it's a fun time. with. Friends. It is awesome. The Sound Stadium yes. is pretty dope as shit, guys. I love it. But generally, I think it's the most boring of the sports. 
I love playing all sports. I just can't care who wins. It's fun to watch. It's fun to play. I don't give a shit about the teams. I'll go to a baseball game. Like we go roast battle as like a collective goes to at least one Dodger game a year. And that's the one time I go because it's literally a time for me to eat the most nachos and crazy shit possible while talking shit with my friends. And then when we run out of nachos, we're like, who's winning? Oh, we're winning. Yay. And then we leave the stadium like that's how. But at least I know how baseball is played and I know the rules. So that helps like in a movie. I do think potentially soccer is more boring to watch. Arguably the most fun to watch is hockey. Ice hockey is fucking awesome. And live hockey games are the fucking best. I agree. I go see the Predators occasionally. It's a a fun time. Because it's so fast and there's fights. It's great. Hockey. The world's best sport. I just baseball. <laughs> they stretch halfway because it's so fucking boring, you know. Yeah, yeah. they're like everyone get up and really stretch it out so we can stay asleep yeah. for the end of the game. Ooh, what a game, yeah. everybody! Let's see if we can make it. And yeah. then, well, now they've instituted. Okay, so I saw a, a baseball game in Japan, which was very interesting because it's a lot faster. And they've now instituted something that they do in Japan, in America, which might make me more willing to go to more live games i guess but in japan they have a pitch clock which means you can only wait so long between pitches oh shit i love that okay so the game was like start to finish over in like two and a half hours as opposed to a base like in america baseball games can go for fucking ever i know (laughs) you're just like oh i how have i been here for seven hours each diet coke is ten dollars like it's the worst but this movie loves baseball and i think that's what makes it tough to watch because you're just like i don't love it this does not have high stakes for me yeah i have to invest in the characters but then the characters have Nothing like he and Jessica Biel hang out conservatively four different times and are like, I want to be architect, but dad won't let me. And he's like, why am I just grass cutter? Those are all their conversations. (laughs) And then they make out. And so at the end when he's like, I love her. And I was like, do we know any more facts about her? No, because right now I only know that she's pretty and wants to be architect. But dad says no. And that's it. (laughs) It's all I know about her. We honestly don't know much about Freddie Prince Jr. as a person except for his mom recently died and he want to play baseball good yeah (laughs) is it recent i think it's pretty recent because um his brother mentions that he was driving his mother to some of his college games right so it has to have been within the past like three or four years yes yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. that was the impression i got it's a shame that she got ran over by the the lawnmower She was laying in that flower bed and there was uh, a pretty uh, girl. What was he going to do? Fred Ward was like, it was an accident and the cops <laughs> let him on. Because he mows their lawns. But and we like... also haven't seen mom's friend David recently either. So, <laughs> but let's just get into this movie so we can go through it scene by scene. Okay. This movie opens on one of the worst things a movie can do. And that's have multiple voiceovers from different characters without an identification of which characters, which. And immediately yeah. out of the gate. So we don't even hear them talking on screen so we can associate yes. their voice with their face you just have to guess it's so crazy yeah it's it's what and some of them are main characters some of them aren't right where it's like people who are in this movie for conservatively 10 to 15 minutes get an opening voiceover it's madness and they may not have any other like lines uh, yes you don't know who's talking or who you should feel 
anything for. So it opens <laughs> with all crazy voiceovers. But those voiceovers purely exist as an exposition dump to basically explain this whole thing of like people who haven't been drafted yet in college or who want to maybe sweeten the pot on their deal come and play in this league so scouts see them and they can start bidding wars over them. Yeah. Which apparently, according to Mikey's Googling moments ago, is a real thing. Yeah, there is a Cape Cod League. They are in the playoffs right now. Oh, interesting. One of the nation's premier collegiate summer league. 1,000 former players who have gone to the major leagues. Wow, that's a Mm. lot. That checks out with the thing. Guys, Freddie Prince Jr., not one of them. He went to the not barn one, league. Not one of them. Yeah. Well, no, he ends up in the Phillies at the end. And then immediately throws a home run as his first pitch. Yeah. In the he, yeah and, like, and he's, he's just not like, oh, shucks. <laughs> so my favorite thing, though, is in this voiceover, Freddie Prince Jr. is kind of telling us about this, that he's been like mowing the lawn on this field every summer for basically his entire adult life. And now he gets to play on it. Yeah. But he's like, so many famous major leaguers have, have done this. And he starts listing names. And I'm like, am I supposed to know any? of these names i didn't recognize a single one you said <laughs> back in the day they were bigger baseball like I, I recognize a couple of names okay i also thought it was wild that the little girl was like his batting stats are and i was like i guess this might be her particular flavor of neurodivergence i just think it's rare there's kids like that but usually their parents are like that and her yes. dad did not seem super into baseball <laughs> You never see her dad at a game, ever. Never, no. never. I have an adult friend who is that into baseball. That's got to be hard for you. But realizes no one else is. Oh, okay, good, good, good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, no, no. Uh, and, and is typically really good about it. Uh, but then every once in a while, he'll be like, it's like this person. And we just all have blank looks on our faces. And then he's like, this is what happened with this person. We were like, be like, bro, we're comics. <laughs> <laughs> that does apply to this situation. But I think it was funny that you thought any of us would know that. <laughs> yeah. And then we all laugh about it and continue. And he is he is also a comic and a very, very funny one. So I'm like, sure. yeah. But he is this into baseball uh and i don't know if his dad was either but like usually yes it is a parent and child where they're like we collect the cards together and memorize the cards and that's their thing good for them also what summer league makes like baseball cards for their players like I, i think college baseball does yeah they do but this isn't college baseball this is like a summer league after college baseball but she might have had their cards from like the from summer, their like, schools. Oh, yeah. yeah, I got you. Maybe those aren't for the summer league. Yeah, if she's a super fan, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, here's my thing. I think if there was something that cool in your town when you were there as a kid in the summer, I could maybe understand getting super into it. I can too, yeah. Especially if the town rallies around that like this town does. Which it seems to kind of do. Yeah, all 12 of those people did. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, all the the lawn chairs in town are there on those days. There's 20 of them. (laughs) Yeah, oh, because they were like, how many extras can we afford? Yeah. Can we scan them with AI and use their image in perpetuity? No, not yet. Okay, cool. Uh, Remember that one day we paid them $100? It's fine. And then expected that to just be forever and then they never work again? Yeah. Fuck the studios. SAG strong. WGA strong. Did you guys know I didn't get paid anything for my extra work? You mean from Santa Boot Camp? 
Yeah. Is it because you didn't turn in a form? It's because I snuck on set. But it's besides <laughs> the point. <laughs> <laughs> and you're in a shot. I know. That's amazing. We still have to watch that at Christmas. Anyway, so he's like, to make sure that I am here on time for the first day of practice, I'm going to sleep on the pitcher's mound. I was like, this is the dumbest idea anyone's ever had. Yeah, to sleep on a dirt mound. At one point when Brittany Murphy and him are like canoodling or whatever, and he gets up and runs away in her thong, he, she like curls up back yes, on Todd, dirt yes. under the sleeping bag. <laughs> yes, she does. Not just dirt. Have you ever been on a pitcher's mound? It's Paige, like cat yes. litter. It's not good. Why wouldn't you sleep on the grass? And then she gets up and it's on her back. And I was like, that's definitely in her crack and up inside her. I'm always late to practice, so I'm going to sleep on the field. I was like, that's a wildly terrible take on this whole thing. Yeah. Just set multiple alarms. Have you tried not drinking and having sex the night before until 4 a.m. the night before practice? How dare you, Brit Mikey? Brittany Murphy, <laughs> RIP. Brittany Murphy. Yeah. Miss her though we do Has a wild role in this movie I love her in this movie I think she's great And I, I think she's underutilized And they're a little mean to her But I love her Absolutely yeah. yeah no Definitely underutilized Definitely they're a little mean But the fact that they wrote A character like this Is wild to me <laughs> Because essentially she is I will call her a volunteer sex worker For this town Because <laughs> oh, here's God. the thing I, mean I don't I don't I'm not here to slut shame her. It is her choice, whatever she decides to do. But people seem to broker and trade and use her sexual services as if they're paying for them. And I don't think they are. And like homegirl, start charging. Yeah. But we first meet her and Freddie Prince and she's got a beer between her legs, dumping it into his mouth so he can like see up her skirt. This sounds terrible. I don't understand the <laughs> allure of this. I mean... I've been a 17-year-old boy, so, like, I see the allure of this, but <laughs> I thought it was wild. I have done a body shot or two this in my day. This isn't this a is body shot. This is not a body shot. No, this is wildly stupid. This is but. being waterboarded <laughs> underneath someone's skirt. Well, if that I was doesn't sound terrible. You know like what I'm saying? Yeah. Be into, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Don't tip me with a good time. I, I would just be like, can I look up your skirt without the beer? How about that? It is too close to a golden shower for my comfort. <laughs> yeah, it looks like one. But also, like, she can't control the beer that she's pouring into your face. Well, she, and you're laying down, so you're gonna choke on it. Yes. It's gonna be terrible. But this is what younger people consider sexy. I've maybe drank a beer between some parts or whatever. Not legs, but you know. Hey, boobs makes more sense, Mikey. Yeah. Oh, was it boobs? Okay, good. Yeah. But also it's very sticky and messy and you're and it's like you get beer all over. And that's like it's stuff that kids do. And then when you're an adult, you're like, I don't want to fucking do that. The shirt was thirty dollars. <laughs> the shirt was thirty dollars. <laughs> Let's finish our drinks and go back to the apartment we own with clean sheets and have some fun. Yes. Uh Paige, don't downplay yourself. You're a landowner now. I'm a landowner. <laughs> anyway. So they're they're canoodling. He and Brittany Murphy end up having sex and switching underwear. Which hilarious. He runs down the field with the sprinkler on and a like a thong. Great. Hilarious. Sounds wonderful. It also takes me back that like thongs looked like ridiculous things back in like Oh my god. But here's the thing. I want them. I want those. Because they look like swimsuit bottoms. It looks like if you turned a scrunchie into a thong, though. Like, it yes. was like that same sort of, like, I don't even know what to call I'm it. I'm no thong expert, but it did seem brighter colors were the trend back in the day. I mean, brighter colors have gone in 
in and out of fashion over time. It, for me, it's more the material. They look like bodybuilder yeah. thongs or <laughs> yeah, like yeah. swimsuit bottoms. You're such a material girl, Paige. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I did have a thong, not that bright, but kind of a similar cut at the time that was very uncomfortable because the seams made it too bulky. Um, and I think we've gotten a lot better at making thongs modern day. Uh, the advances of science have been kind to our cracks. Well, thank God we invested in that. Thank you. Yes, thank you. I think a lot of that advancement in thong technology is really due to Cisco, and we should give him credit for it. Hey. The food service place? <laughs> <laughs> no, Mikey. The guy who wrote and sang thong songs. Oh, your plate's so scandalous. <laughs> and you know another kitchen couldn't sterilize? <laughs> yeah, hey, wait. So... He wants to be there in time. <laughs> she takes his clothes, which also dick move. She's a. I would never talk to her again after that. I'd be like, that was not a cool time. I would talk to her again. <laughs> like, I thought it was funny. I was like, yeah, get him. It's not funny not to have your clothes and go into practice with a thong yeah, on. Yeah, the first, the first day of the thing that could, like, your last chance to make your career, which we know all of his friends understand how important that is because at the end of the movie, they're like, I've been in every practice! <laughs> so, like... <laughs> I love that in that scene, they're like, listen, man, I don't have much going on in my life, <laughs> so I have overly attached to you and your success. They're actually CPAs. They're just love baseball. <laughs> They're just out They're there. <laughs> well, they just they kept putting up the K's. I was like, is this a thing? Is it a is. K a thing? Is it okay? Yeah, a K is a strikeout. Yeah. Okay, cool, great. Because I was like, I'm confused. What does K mean? And and then they're like three, and I was like, guys, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, gotta go more. Gotta go more. More. Pick a different letter. Um, you gotta go four or two. You can't do three strikes right now. Exactly. Anyway. He wakes up. He's late. He has to run into the locker room wearing what's left of her clothes. And uh, now we get kind of a, a super cut of like all the other guys and who they're staying with. And this is the first time that we see Wilmer Valderrama get sexually harassed, which, by the way, we see him get sexually harassed four or five different times. We see him play baseball one time. In fact, we don't even see him on the bench most of the time okay so i have a theory about to the that. point where i'm like is he really on the team i don't know yeah i think they <laughs> only had him for like four or five days while filming this movie or something for scheduling reasons well this is his first movie really his yes this is his first film when did that 70s show start that 70s show is on but this is his okay. first film i wonder if he just like didn't have much time because he was filming that 70s show or something, you know? No, it's, it's, he didn't, he was trying to make it a movie. So he took a bunch of bit parts like around this time. Yeah. I mean, he's underutilized. You're right. We don't see him nearly enough, but like he is getting sexually assaulted 80, 85% of the time he's on the screen. 85% of this movie and is basically playing Fez. Yes. In, in this movie, which by the way, did you know that Fez is an acronym? Yes, foreign That's exchange not his actual student. name. Yeah, yeah, foreign exchange student. Yeah. Anyway, so he's getting sexually harassed. He gets there late. Everyone's mad. And his coach, who's the dad from Tommy Boy, is like, hey, bro, strike two, because I know what fucking happened, and I know why you didn't get drafted out of college, but I gave you a chance anyway. Yeah. I know your mom died, but I'm not going to let you fucking coast, because your mommy died, boo. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, no, he's basically like, I don't have time for somebody who thinks the rules don't apply to him, so you better fucking be here on time. Yeah. Okay. So the whole premise, so that it's like he's a bad 
bad boy or he loses his temper a lot and that's why he can't play baseball but like I thought I was saying he lo- loses focus it's just yeah, he can't, he's oh. inconsistent like, and loses focus he honestly doesn't really miss his mom he has ADHD and is undiagnosed like that is what's <laughs> happening <laughs> He doesn't really talk about his mom much. To I miss know. Her. That's why I think it's his ADHD. He talks more about like, why don't you guys support me? And I was like, they're at every game. <laughs> My dude. They're literally only supporting you. That is their whole life. And also, there's like so many baseball games. There's so many. Like so many. Two out of three is pretty good. I listened to a really interesting <laughs> podcast on the prevalence of steroids because of the amount of baseball games where it has overly flourished in that sport because they are required to play so many more games than yeah. other sports. And it's like physically killing them. Like just like football. Baseball is bad with the helmets and the concussions or whatever. Baseball is bad because they are like massively overworked because it's impossible to keep up with that schedule without a little bit of help. I just don't see how fans can get excited. Like we've only got 130 le- games left to go this season. I know. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, oh, geez. Anyway, we cut to Jessica Beale's house where she's swimming and he and Freddie Prince is mowing the lawn and runs over flowers and into a birdhouse. And she's just like, ha ha ha. I made you ruin the lawn and then like run, you know, jumps back in the pool. But it's very like, it's almost sort of fast times at Ridgemont High. Like the way she like gets out of the pool and is walking and like, except it's like a family friendly version of that because she's not naked at all. But yeah. Oh, well, Jessica Biel is still on seventh heaven at this time or whatever. So she can't uh, get out of her like moral clauses on her contract. Even though we will find out later that was it the dad on the show? I think it was. Yeah. That, That was abusing people. Yeah. But yeah, October 2014. Uh, He was investigated after an audio tape leaked to the media revealed his voice allegedly admitting to past sexual abuse of a minor under the age of 14. Oh, God. And they weren't able to substantiate the allegations, but he admitted and, and basically confessed. So though he was publicly blacklisted for his crimes, he didn't have any criminal charges of child molestation because they exceeded the statute of limitations in New York. So they were not able to criminally prosecute him. So he never suffered any legal consequences. Well, that's unfortunate. But he basically doesn't act anymore or anything. But there you go. Anyway, yes. So she couldn't get out of her moral clause. That's why you don't see her titties. And that's why she's wearing a shirt later in the movie during what should be a skinny dipping scene well i mean she's not wearing anything under that shirt which is very I clear know. but like no, yeah for it's sure like it's as topless as you can be and still be wearing a top really i knew you guys would love it uh, <laughs> after after he he finishes mowing the lawn he and his dad are packing up and her dad is like hey can you not park your trucks in our actual driveway and just use the service drive from now on and i'm just like Fuck you Her dad is an 80s villain grown up Like that is what he is He's never not terrible Yeah her dad definitely back in his college days Raced a guy down a ski mountain to, to, Oh to, he skied the K-12 He did ski yes. the K-12 and lost to a guy On one ski and has on never On one ski Has never let it go Mikey He's still bitter about it Most of these ski comedies Do have a romantic element My mind is now racing Ah uh, yes the Scomedies. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
So uh, we cut to the bar later that night where he runs into his brother that seems to own a bar. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, three Sam Adams. I like that he's triple fisting to start because he has not <laughs> met up with any friends there. He's not buying beers for other people. He's just like, I'm going to need three as a beginner, like yeah. entry level, three beers. I got to get a good three Sam Adams base going before I start drinking. And then I'm going to load some chili cheese fries on top of Oof. that. And then I'm going to need a rack of shots. And then I'm going <laughs> to like. I'll triple fist the lines long or it's like really hot up there. I'd be like, I'll take I'll take three back to my seat. Thank you. Uh, here's the thing. I understand. But there is also not a line and it is not a crowded bar. <laughs> like if it looks like if it looks like it will take. Take me the amount of time it would take me to drink three drinks to get one drink. I get it. Yeah. But he literally, no line, just walks up and is like three. <laughs> it's his brother's bar, too. Like, he could probably go get his own damn drinks. Like, that's his brother's bar. I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. He yeah. pays him, too, though. Just like an older brother to charge for Yes, exactly, Paige. And I say this as an older sibling that's like, hey, you know what? It's his business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. Well, three at a time. Maybe if he did one at a time, he'd still get them for free. No one's arguing with you, Mikey. I'm just <laughs> He's saying, got like, a business to run. He's a successful <laughs> businessman, and Freddie Prince Jr. is going to shit all over it for the rest of this movie, even though he's a successful businessman. Man. Yeah, his older brother has already made it professionally. Mm -hmm. He's running his own successful business. So does his dad. Freddie Prince Jr. at the end of this movie is like playing baseball poorly in the majors. <laughs> yeah, which, hey, probably pays better than both of those successful probably, businesses. Yeah. But. Freddie Prince Jr. is a very spoiled younger brother whose dad runs his own business and brother runs his own business and they both take care of him and pay for all his baseball shit for the rest of his life. And then it's like, ugh. Yeah. No, I'm with He's you. Like, I have to mow my lawns during the summer with my dad. Oh. Yeah. You know what he didn't have to do? Find a real job with somebody else that's not he's not related to. Yeah. Or buy a Mother's Day gift. <laughs> the real gift is she doesn't have to watch him choke regularly anymore. I really do think the brother in that scene where he's like being sort of mean to Freddie Prince Jr. about how bad he is at baseball and how he could just be better if he was just like focused or whatever. He should have been like, I'm glad mom died so she didn't have to watch you throw that game or some shit like that. That would have made this movie complete. Okay, then I need her force ghost. Oh my God. <laughs> in the outfield, it's just like, mom. I believe in you. Like, like, like Amy Lee Gemstone. How did the mom die? Uh, cancer, I think. Oh, it was cancer? Okay. Yeah, some sort of sickness where she was really sick, but she was still going to games. Yeah. But like if she had been like, Freddy, the no hitters. Yeah. You take them with you and then like disappeared <laughs> or walked back into corn. <laughs> what I really want is on this season of Gemstones, at some point, there is a hologram of her. I'm not going to say anymore. I don't need to spoil anything else for anybody else. And I wanted one of those of his mom being like just behind the catcher. Just being like, you can do it. I believe in you. You made me go to a hundred and whatever games. Baseball gave me cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I had a tumor the size of the ball you're about to pitch the no-hitter with. He doesn't pitch a no-hitter, though, Paige. No, I know he pitches 98% of what? Yes. <laughs> and then the guy who has slept through this whole movie... Pitches the last two. He's a closer, well, man. That's his job. He's a closer. He's yeah. a closer. That's his job. So he goes up, bankrupts his brother with free beer. Uh, no, he pays for it. And 
then he's like, hey, did you tell the coach about mom dying? Don't fucking tell people about that. And I was like, public record, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, people probably wrote about it when you were in college ball. Like, what are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And his brother's just like, I heard you showed up late to practice in a skirt. And I was just like, is everyone telling everyone everything? But yes, they are. Small towns. Yes, they are. Uh, but so he goes to sit down at the table with all the other players. And there's the guy... Uh, Van Lemer uh, from he's like the Dodgers offer me two mil but I want 2.5 or whatever and they'll come to their senses and admittedly when we do see that guy pitch he's fucking amazing like there's a reason the Dodgers offered him two million yeah. basically I like that they had to like in the script creatively get him out of the league altogether to give Freddie yes. Prince Jr. a chance again like the movie's not about how awesome that guy is, but he is fully awesome in the movie. You know what I'm saying? Yes, well, he's he's yeah. going right down to the, he's going to play professional for the Flavortown players or whatever because. No, he's going right to the Dodgers. Like th their, their pitcher is going right to the Dodgers. I'm just saying he has a lot of aesthetic things with Guy Ferrari. I mean, his whole he baseball does. aesthetic is Flavortown. It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's going to pitch for the Flavortown smoked paprikas. It's going to mm. be amazing. <laughs> The Flavortown donkey sauces. <laughs> Mikey, what would you name a Flavortown Major League Baseball team? Uh, Flavortown chicken guys. Oh. Come on out to the chicken guys. <laughs> <laughs> Have some beer and some fries. <laughs> anyway, so Ryan, a.k.a. Freddie Prince Jr., is about to get in a fight with that guy. And Matthew Lillard's just like, no, 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 no. We're going to go talk to these girls. <laughs> And this is where we meet Jessica Beals, whose name is Tenley Parrish. That's how rich her family <laughs> That's is. That's a rich girl name. Yeah. That they were like, how many thousands is this day going to cost that we're in the hospital? Ten. Name her Tenley. Tenley <laughs> Parrish. That's a crazy name. It's a family name. You, you have to be rich to have a name like that. The original yeah. Tenley Parrish came over on the Mayflower. <laughs> <laughs> of the Connecticut Tenley parishes um, yes. Her great great cousin Goody Parish was seen with the devil <laughs> I saw Goody Parish Sign her name in the devil's book <laughs> Said hags have a great summer Hags have, have a great summer See you next fall she, instead, of a, instead of a scarlet A She's got a dollar sign <laughs> I mean the movie definitely implies That her dad gave Freddie Prince's junior mom cancer. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, yeah, he's a villain. Uh, okay, you don't have any any actual things to back this up. Uh, you you're just saying this. He owns the pesticide company that they. It does use. not say that in the movie. <laughs> Head cannon. And if that's the truth, then you're implying that Fred Ward's dick gave her cancer, and I won't let you slander Fred Ward like that. But she was like, worth it. He gave her the tremors. <laughs> anyway so she's like where do i know you from except not like that i don't know why she in my impression you she made was her southern. very country <laughs> hold let me try that again okay. hold on where do i know you from that that's more accurate spot on yes very <laughs> flat affect all of that yeah very it's almost like jessica beale's not a great actress i feel like as an adult maybe she's done things that are better but i couldn't think of them i couldn't name one thing better that she done than this movie this movie's amazing oh, God. oh yeah chuck and larry <laughs> i now pronounce chuck and larry yeah okay she's done some other stuff more recently yeah i mean justin timberlake for sure <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah for yeah. sure 
And the illusionist. She was in the illusionist. I love the illusionist. Oh, yeah. She was good in the illusionist. The two of them go to the gym that Natalie used to work at, and she is still in the same shape she was in in this movie. Oh, yeah. I I have seen her recently. I feel like she is just as gorgeous now as she was then. Yeah. And she's gorgeous in this. She is striking in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, how do I know you? Uh, And he's like, (laughs) I used to mow your your lawn all the time. And she's like, oh, right. You wrecked our birdhouse. He's like, I I'm the guy who ran over your flowers and bird feeder while I was staring you. at you yeah. swimming. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. Duh. And then Brittany Murphy comes up and is like, give me my song back. <laughs> and he's like, and he's no, like, I'm still using it. I'm still it. wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it back if you're okay with it smelling like my balls. Like that kind of. Yeah. I got the impression that she would be, though. I, it did seem that way. Yeah. And you go for her? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he leaves because he's embarrassed and she follows him out and is just like, so no, really, how should I know you? And he's like, I've literally been cutting the grass at your summer home for six years. Yeah. And she's just like, really? <laughs> like yes what we saw it what this you- was yesterday i was the guy <laughs> who ran over your shit yesterday like i am worried that she may have suffered some head injury speak again i don't understand <laughs> you are the help i don't i don't hear anything below minimum wage yeah that, that's how rich she is she doesn't even register the help do you yeah. trim the bushes into the shapes is that your company no that's uh edward scissor hands and son <laughs> ah <laughs> i was gonna say i don't have that kind of time i got a shower get to work like ain't no shapes <laughs> yeah this is a bush shape and i did this one in a bush shape as well and i don't want this one to stand oh. out so that one's also in a bush shape i tried to trim my bushes in the front yard and uh, it was it didn't go well. honestly mikey you should trim the front yard and the perineum and like all the way yeah. Yeah. back. Yeah. Just keep going back. Yeah. Until you get to the back of your own head. Just to strip all the way up your back. <sighs> I am not as hairy as y'all think I am. Just <laughs> I like, you guys are describing me as oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Todd is conservatively hairy in the Henderson's level of hairy. I, I don't think I'm John Lithgow hairy. Wait, uh, is John Lithgow no. super hairy? No, no, Harry is clearly the hairier of the Harry and the Hendersons. He's a Bigfoot. Hey? <laughs> That's the joke. I know, but I was like, I forgot he was the dad in that movie for a second. I was like, is he notably Harry? Because we were talking about a Bigfoot. <laughs> no, but yeah, I do have a lot of manscaping that I do on the regular. Yes, Mikey. Coo, coo, coo. Anyway, so she's like, okay, uh, well, we'll m- meet up again sometime. <laughs> she is like chasing after him this entire movie. Like, but who's chasing after her? <laughs> her dad and her future. But oh, yeah. yeah, how dare you be an architect? Plebeians. Oh, you want to be someone who builds something, not someone who just sucks wealth out of the middle class? How beneath our family. So we cut to practice the next day, and he's pitching. He's only doing okay. Yeah, he's fine. Not quite doing great. Like, it's very clear he is probably the second best. Like, he's the runner-up starting pitcher. Like, he's never going to be as good as the guy who looks like Guy Fieri with Sharpied on tattoos. Right, yes. And listen, I won't be either. Like, that guy is that guy's awesome amazing. in this movie. After a game, right before they burned down the new, like, concession stand press box, he's changed into 
leather pants. And I think that that is such a strong, <laughs> I have super bad boy pitcher energy that I loved it. Ugh. Yeah. That's a very you move. This is bait. Yeah, this is bait to get us to talk about Todd's leather pants. I don't know if I want to take it. Well, you're missing out because it was. <laughs> I don't think we are. Ooh, you baby. haven't considered the smell. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have. I have. It's not great. <laughs> it's bad. Hello, Todd. It's Mikey. Hello, Mikey. It's Todd. I need to tell you something. Mikey, it's fine. You'll be a great dad. That's We're going to table that. <laughs> but on that table is a delicious factor meal. Yes! What a transition! Oh, my God, guys. This actually is a factor ad. That was amazing, Mikey. Mikey here for factor meal on Romance of the Pod. Heck yeah. We're going to table it. Delicious, already fresh made meals, never frozen. It takes two minutes to warm up. Just like Mikey does. I have a busy schedule. I work all day. I have fun too much. I also work at night. I also have too much fun. And I <laughs> have a problem with words. Yeah, words is one. Uh, <laughs> ordering out is another one. Same. I ordered out tonight. Yes. I literally got, let's just say a factor equivalent meal for Natalie and I. And it was like $48. When it could have been way less with factor. Yeah. And I, I struggle with proportions. And factor comes pre-proportioned, pre-prepared, chef re ready. I've used it before. Before they even advertised on the podcast, I used factor meals, especially when I was working a lot during the COVID lockdown. I mean, that was the best time to get on board with factor, except for right now, because <laughs> factor is giving 50% off to all of our listeners. If they go to factormeals.com slash romancing the pod 50 and use code romancing the pod 50 to get 50% off. That's code romancing the pod 50 at factormeals.com slash romancing the pod 50 to get 50% off. That's a good deal. Do it. And they have an easy to use app and they never require me to talk about the app. Mikey, that was the end of the ad. That was the I end know. of the ad. <laughs> I'm, I'm still going. All right. Factor meals. <laughs> Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Anyway, we cut to the bar after practice, and this is where they are all mocking Miles for bringing home a fat girl at the end of the night. And his explanation is like, well, I had a few beers. And they're like, no. They are like laying the groundwork to be shitty to bigger people yeah, this in this movie. And honestly, yeah. they continue to do it until one scene where it sort of comes back at the end in a nice way. But it's not great. It is a lot to have that small of a payoff because they really go hard. No, I at know. It. That's what. I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it was 2001, so I'm shocked we got any sort of payoff for it. Honestly, sure. because mm -hmm. I mean, Shallow Hal hadn't yet come out. I don't think, which is I think probably the worst movie for that. Oh yeah, but yeah, man, like I'm surprised we got this payoff at all. Yeah, uh, he comes home and his dad's like, "Hey, you know, can you work tomorrow?" Because they're still trying to balance all the lawns they have to mow or whatever. And he's like, no, I, I have a game. And he's like, are you pitching? He's like, no, this other kid is. And he's really good. And he's like, well, is he better than you? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, 
I don't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, he he is he though. is though. <laughs> like, Fred, Fred Ward, you should check him out. Like he's great. He's pretty damn good. Anyway, we cut to him meeting up with everyone for ice cream later, and this is where the little mascot girl comes in, uh, and she's trying to figure out the mascot for the team. Which, by the way, if this is such a big deal, I was shocked they didn't have a mascot. That's crazy. They do. It's Katie, and she's workshopping what that mascot should be. She's like, "Hi, my parents don't ever talk to me, so I've really grasped on." <laughs> To this community because I need to be loved and no one else will do it. Thank you. Mikey, you just summed up like two years of my personal therapy. <laughs> <laughs> she's like she's like woefully under supervised for her age you almost never see her in a scene with her parents never in fact if you didn't see her at breakfast you wouldn't know she was related to jessica beals i know why didn't they name her 11 penny <laughs> instead of tenley 11 penny oh ten, tenley 11 -y. 11 -y. Yeah. The, the next one todd it's a number sequence joke <laughs> Had you said the joke right, I would have laughed, Maggie. I it's think hard to pronounce rich people names like Tiffany. I mean, Eleven Penny is like, thanks for this gun that's also a poison dart gun, Eleven Penny. Now I'm getting into I my know, car right? to go solve a, a spy crime. We've got to get the Spectre. Yes. I think they just gave her a car. I think she was driving to and from the field because no one, including her sister, gives a fuck about her life. No one she, cares it, where she is. No <laughs> one takes her anywhere. That's why by the stands is like, yeah, you did it again. <laughs> you survived another day finding food <laughs> and getting yourself to places. Uh, because like even in this scene where they're out getting ice cream, she's there and her sister is just like, okay, bye, and just leaves <laughs> just her. leaves the child completely unsupervised. And she is what, 12 maybe? At best. Yeah. At best, she's 12. And then not only that, so like the sister leaves her and then that, gr that little girl gets home alone. <laughs> Because she's just like, she came home late. She was out with so-and-so. And it's like, Jessica Beale didn't come back to that table and go, let's go home. She came home to the house on her own. Yeah. And her sister miraculously was not kidnapped or murdered. And therefore, she is at breakfast. So this is what it's like to really be a younger sibling. Like, they will, like, take you out and then just ditch you. And you have to, like, walk home alone at night. Because your older sibling is out like trying to bang. That was never part of my experience as an older sibling. I would never have done this. I mean, this is I tried to bang, but like No, I know, I know, I know. I thought it was wild though. Like if you watch this movie but keep the camera on Katie, like this movie through her eyes is so sad because oh, yeah. no one's hanging out with her. She is crying for like attention, which comes out in a very funny way but like it's weird that she's <laughs> even the character's sister she could have just been a girl who loves baseball and is at the field all the time with like a and like we wouldn't have these questions and it would still would have worked the same way what would have made more sense is if she was one of his friends little sister yes because they're always going to be there. She likes baseball. Why not? You know, yeah. whatever. It's weird that the rich kid, like, who has no parent parental supervision. I don't know. Maybe it's not weird. I, I don't know. I thought her character was great, though. So here's my question. Okay. Who is your favorite mascot? Uh, the Philadelphia Fanatic, yeah. but probably because that's the only one I can name. Uh, mine is either the woodchuck from Easy A, where he oh, he chews on the logs. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I thought you meant like actual what, fake ones? <laughs> mascot. For real life, real life, mine is gritty. 
Gritty has an Gritty unhinged, crazy energy that I... Philly has the best mascots. A hundred. I don't know. I also am partial to Gordon's fish stick guy. <laughs> the Gordon's fisherman? That's yeah. basically what she is at the end of this movie. I know. Yes, That's why I was like bringing it back together. She's cause... like, it's me, Van DeCamps. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, during this weird ice cream date, uh, this is where we find out that she wants to architect and her daddy says, no. No architect for you. No architect for you. And then she's like, you have beautiful eyes. And he's like, is that a line? I was like, are you going to say something that's going to pause her from kissing you? What do you shut the fuck up? <laughs> like, what are you doing, Freddie Prince Jr.? He's proving Mikey's point that they have zero chemistry. Zero. <laughs> that's my move. Someone would be like looking around my face like, you have really pretty eyes. I'm like, do I really? Thank you. What? Oh, my do God. You, you're so you sweet. That? So uh, anyway, uh, did you want to? Oh, you were trying to kiss me this whole time and I didn't pay attention. Oh, my you God. You were flirting. I did not pick that up. Oh. Yeah. Say, I don't, Mikey, oh. I, I never notice if anyone's flirting with me at all. Oof, I'm a goofs. Anyway, they do kiss. They've got ice cream. Whatever. We cut to the next day and he's talking to Matthew Lillard and he's like, yeah, I do their lawns, but they're only here for the summer. And this is where we find out that Matthew Lillard can't hit with wooden bats. <laughs> well, he can't yet. But yeah. Yeah. And this is where everyone's talking about that the Dodgers offer that guy two million. But this is the first time we see him pitch and he's fucking amazing. Yeah, dude's great. Um, But Matthew Lillard is struggling. Matthew doesn't get a hit for like the first five games or some shit like it becomes a plot point for a while in this he movie can't swing wooden bats yeah he's got yeah. the yips when it comes to wooden bats i guess and they make freddie prince jr pass the hat in the stands which i think is donations it's got to be donations because there's dollars in it when that dude uh like dumps yeah. his potato chips in but i don't i've never seen anyone do that at like a game like this but maybe it's a thing i don't know well and remember back then debit cards weren't huge like that was when debit cards like first were becoming a big thing i had a debit card in 2001 they'd been around for a long time but i do think cash was more prevalent back then mm. than yes. it is oh, now so like i understand what for you're saying, stores did not take them does that make yeah you know what i'm saying i i probably first got my debit card right around this time because this was like right when i started high school yeah probably and i, got, same. I yeah. got it maybe a couple years before that and we could use it anywhere now granted i grew up in the bay area <laughs> so like my experience may have just been vastly different. Oh, is that That's because true. maybe Silicon Valley is known for like <laughs> a technology <laughs> hub in the U.S.? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that was okay. first. That checks out. Anyway, so he doesn't get to play and he's super sad about it. We cut to them at the bar that night, which like this movie is a revolving circle of they play the game. They go to the bar. He hangs out with Jessica yeah. Beals. They play the game. Yeah. They go to the bar. They hang out with Jessica Beals, just like over and over and over again. Um, but in the background of this one, when they're in the bar, because this is where they're trying to talk to Wilmer Valmer Valderrama's characters. And, and they're just like. Just go have sex with the person that's sexually harassing you. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is terrible advice. And the thing is, he's living there. So, like, his whole story <laughs> is, like, super dark because these players stay with the families of this host community, families, right? Yeah. And I'm sure not all of them, but, you know, some people sign up to be host families or yeah. whatever. This lady every year does this and then yes. I'm sure sexually assaults whoever she's living whoever with. Whoever she's or, living with. Or, you know, with. grooms them up until a point they have sex with her. You know, I'm right. sure it's, I, I don't you know but that's like this is her thing yes it is dark 
<laughs> it's super dark. Yeah, but also it's Beverly D'Angelo, so like, yeah, right. can't hate her. I'm, I, it's still pretty bad. But in the yeah. background of this scene, you can see Miles talking to air quotes one of the fat girls who is aggressively just a slightly thicker girl. <laughs> she's oh, yeah, just she, beautiful with big boobs and then they like call him over and so you get a shot of her and i'm like she looks like maybe a 14 at best <laughs> like this is wild that they're like what a fat fat fatty and i'm like what she's she's gorgeous what are we talking about yeah i mean she, i'm not, definitely not gonna disagree with you yeah she was not big yeah no and but this is where he's like oh he's got a bubble butt and so do you and it's like they're trying That's to weirder. make this is it is because they're they're like it's like they're trying to make him into like i'm into just fat in general and i was like okay maybe but like i don't think this would translate that way maybe i'm wrong but they tr they're trying to do a fake out as if he's gay it's almost to be like he's gay and that's why he's taking fat girls home that's what i thought too which yeah. which like the gays and the fats have had an alliance for years like i understand <laughs> but it's a very weird side quest that the movie takes i was honestly shocked he wasn't gay and when he's yes. like no i actually just love big ladies i was like oh wow cool well, right. this scene goes on a while, him talking about his teammates' butts. And yeah. it's like, it's, I'm like, yo, he's like really knows all, all his stuff. A lot about the butts. Sure. But like, you notice shit. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't. Oh, sure. He does. He's like, there's nothing sexual about what I'm saying. Like, I just, I'm in the outfield. So I see everyone's rear end all, all game, you know? Like, yeah. Okay, Tom. I, I'm also a guy who's very comfortable saying that other men, I like, I get why you would think they're attractive. I get why, Mikey, you're a handsome man. I don't. I think guys are the worst. I was like, man. Oh, I don't. I'm not physically attracted to you, but I know you got a dumper. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> your face you know, is I, perfect, I think the page. listeners don't feel <laughs> the same as, as what you're talking about because of comments like that that make it weird for me and page i no 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 i'm not don't let me in with this uh i <laughs> i'm a straight lady i'm i'm only interested in, in having sex with men uh however i i am able to notice when other women are attractive i yeah. am just not attracted to them does that make sense yeah no i get that completely that's what i'm saying i can do that but only with like really like re like a-list dudes like oh maybe like, i'm just picky i don't know no like me like no. like this guy no, 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 no. i i know because like <laughs> i i could like to a friend i could be like these are your great assets Th this is how we should yeah you know like you if you wore that top it'd look great because of this or whatever and that's sort of how he's doing it he's like man yeah he's got a great butt too good for him you know that yeah, kind good of for thing him. he's not like yeah. oh i want to eat that butt Man, he he basically gets there. I mean, he does it. He aggressively does it. The movie is absolutely trying to queer code him. The, yes. the movie is. It is. I, I think they fail because I think we have a healthy situation where we're just like, just because you are able to recognize attractiveness doesn't have any bearing on your sexual orientation. Right. Like that's, you know, whatever. I once, okay, there was a girl I worked with. It's the friend who set me up with Alexa. She was like, look, when you hang out with my husband, you need to know it like he's really attractive like the <laughs> most attractive and it, it might make you insecure or whatever and i was like what <laughs> and then when i hung out i was like there's just a dude I, don't, I was like i just don't see people like that i was like okay you're a guy but also maybe she doesn't have great taste in men some people just have bad taste anyway so we cut to jessica beale is kind of catching up with him after the bar and he like left fresh flowers and then she's like i tried to catch your game great they kiss. 
Whatever. We cut to the next game. Now she's a clam. Well, Katie is a clam, <laughs> not Jessica Biel. Jessica Biel is not there. Right. Yes. Because of her moral contract, she can't show her clam. <laughs> yeah. I sort of did hate that this 12-year-old girl is dressed up like a clam, but whatever. Whatever. Uh, anyway, the game happens. He's inconsistent. But the guy from Scrubs is like, I think there's something with this lefty. Yeah. He, the the doctor from Scrubs. I don't, I, I don't know his yeah. name either, but you would recognize his face. But... Freddie Prince Jr. loses them the game more or less. He like lets a, a grand like he lets the bases get loaded and then he someone hits a home run. So it's a grand slam. They lose five to four. But this is when that got that the scout that actually does sign him is like right. I think this guy has something special, but he hasn't figured out how to use it yet. It's something like that. <laughs> Feel that, brother. <laughs> well, and this is also the one where Matthew Lillard breaks a bat <laughs> because he's gonna quit because yeah. he hasn't hit anything. So Freddie Prince Jr. comes to his house and he's like all packed up. He's like, no, nah, I'm going back to Cali. And you can tell he's from California because he brought a surfboard to Cape Cod, which I there might be surfing at Cape Cod. I have no I idea, know. but maybe. Yeah, there's an ocean there. Yeah, it stands to reason there would be waves. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, he's like, I'm going home. And he's like, OK, before you do, like, we're going to go to see friends or whatever. And he like ditches him <laughs> with his friends who basically like set him up with Brittany Murphy. There you go. I think he knew that was going to happen. I think Prince Jr. like planned this because they mm -hmm. were like, OK, so if I can pawn Brittany Murphy's character off on Matthew Lillard's character, which is how you say it. I looked it up. I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. Uh, <laughs> You're definitely no, not. It's I definitely know, Lillard. Paige, I know. That's a joke to our first Scream episode, episode 20 oh, of the Horror Oh, did you say Lillard? Oh, I mean, as a joke. I've always known how to say his name. I'm a huge okay. fan. But his plan was to get Matthew Lillard laid and super into Brittany Murphy because that frees up one of his problems, which is Brittany Murphy still thinks that they should date, right? Yeah. It's purely to like keep his catcher friend there and to get rid of Brittany Murphy. But it works. Uh, they put way more than the recommended amount of people in a car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and drive him to the beach where she does the, the beer knee thing again. And he goes skinny dipping and it's like a whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and he ends up back at Freddie Prince Jr.'s house the next morning where Fred Ward is just like, this is fine. Everything is fine. He's the <laughs> dog with the coffee and the fire. I loved the reveal that Matthew Lillard is wearing the most padded thong I've ever seen in my life. Oh, in that yeah. Shot yeah. Because it's like he's hidden behind the newspaper and you sort of think he's naked, which by itself is funny. And then when he moves the paper, you see that he's just wearing Brittany Murphy's thong because he had spent the night with Brittany Murphy. That's her kink. Yeah. I thought that that shit yeah. was so funny. It, it's wild it, but it does look like he's got four pairs of socks down there <laughs> you're just like dude i was like either that is so padded or he has killed someone with that thing <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's insane but i do love that like britney murphy in this movie is just walking around collecting dudes boxers the whole movie and i love that the for whole her. movie yeah. i do love that for i feel like th it's a specific kink for her yeah I support it yeah Anyway, we cut to Wilmer Valderrama's house where he goes into the bedroom and he is being abused. Like, she's just <laughs> like, here, I do this every summer. She grooms it. It's real. Oof but she explains to him, like, I specialize in banging college baseball yeah. players. And I was like, <laughs> okay, but like, maybe that's just like your type, Beverly D'Angelo. But like, anyway, he eventually relents. Not yet, though. Yeah, th this is where the guy comes in and is like, she made the grapes disappear. Yeah. 
and and then runs out right so not quite yet but he's like hearing about it but it piques his interest for sure right and we cut to uh jessica beale's house where her dad's like i invited your ex-boyfriend to play golf much like <laughs> wedding crashers and and, and jessica beale's very much like daddy we're on a break dad <laughs> why did you do that I'm going to tell you facts about your <laughs> offshore accounts. <laughs> <laughs> you neglect my sister. <laughs> well, she does too, though. Yeah. But then we cut to Miles, Miles's place where he is like, Marjorie, I'm ready. And we meet Marjorie, who is a very thick, voluptuous lady. I still would not call marjorie fat but like she is bigger bigger than the other girls in this film which is not saying much right i was gonna say for the time like yeah. the, the yeah. type was like very rail skinny rail at the time thin, yeah. like jessica mm -hmm. beale has more curves than most women did in movies at the time yes yeah and she is you can see her ribs oh thin. no yeah. i'm not saying she's a big like no yeah, she yeah, is yeah. underweight but like yeah oh no for sure but yes. anyway like the, the fact that they had this i was like Okay, cool. And he like reads. Okay, cool. He like reads her like a poem, like an ode. A poem to her. he wrote, like, and I was like, okay, it's great. Go for it. And then she gives him the business, and he is here for they, it. I love it. And he's it. like stoked to get that business. Yeah. And I was like, good for him. It was at this moment I thought they were gonna be like maybe at the end have it come back around that like no he is proudly into bigger women. But, yeah, this this is where I was like, oh, maybe that's what's going to happen. Yes. But this is like three quarters of the way through the movie. I know. <laughs> and, and I did, they they did very much play this for kind of a gross joke, even though it does reveal to us that he's just into fat chicks. But it's just like, it's not flat. It's not done in a flattering way. It's done in a jokey way. Yeah. It's done in a goofy way. And it's like, you could just let him be into something, you know, or whatever. But but she looks great. They carry the scene. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, we cut to Jessica Beals and Freddie Prince Jr. getting back to her pool at her house and it's raining. And she strips down. This is where she swims in a shirt. And it is very see-through. It is. Yeah. And he gets in as well and in his boxers. And, uh, yeah. you know, of course, because it's raining, it's it's kind of cool. Like, have you guys ever been swimming in the rain like this? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's cool. Yeah. It is very fun. But uh, that wakes up the 80s villain grown up, her dad. So he comes right. out and he's like yelling at her and he's like hiding in the pool. And he eventually bails and like runs to his truck and she follows after him. And and they're like kissing through the window of his yeah. truck. It's very cute. It is. And she's, and he, I, I love this conversation because he's all like, do you think he'll actually call the cops? And, he, and she's like, yeah, he's definitely calling the cops. And then he's like, okay, well then I have to go. And they're like kissing. And then you hear sirens and he's like, you okay, I really sirens. have to go. I, yeah. I really gotta go. Yeah. We cut to another game. Cause again, it's the cycle of like game bar, Jessica Beals. Yeah. And at the next game, Matthew Lillard finally gets a hit. And then we get like a, a little montage supercut of like, he finally hits stuff. And then we get the same kind of montage of like, Freddie Prince Jr. seems to maybe be doing well, but then yeah. everyone's like, he does well, but then he chokes and whatever. Yeah, it seems like Matthew Lillard's character is like becoming one of the best hitters in the league. And Freddie Prince Jr. is just like, Okay, well, he's fine at pitching, I guess. That's like sort of his vibe I guess. until yeah. the very end of the movie. 
Right. And then intermixed in this is him pitching with Jessica Beals, who doesn't understand baseball. And I think it's just supposed to be them getting closer together, but it in no way demonstrates <laughs> any sort of chemistry or anything. And so you're just like, so why is she pitching? And then it, it's like, oh, is she his good luck charm because she's at the games? Like, yeah, no. I thought it was and that's that, kind of it wasn't, yeah. did, does nothing, right? Um, so he's supposed to start at a super like high profile game. Uh, that Saturday. Yeah, it's literally got the two best hitters in the league is on that team. Right. And he's like, of course, nervous about it because, you know, that's his job is to be better than those batters. Right. And he goes and talks to his brother and his brother's just like, everyone has invested everything in your career and you're the one who doesn't do it and and like no one ever gives him good advice in this movie everyone's just like just stop being afraid of success and i'm like i understand that for some people that is a component of them not succeeding sure but for most people that is nonsense (laughs) for most people it's like there is something impeding my success and it's not just me being scared of being good at things like everyone would love to be good at things or thinking they deserve to win or stuff like that. I mean, right, that something. is what is the problem in this movie, though, because like he doesn't have like a person who teaches him a special new kind of pitch or like how to be more relaxed on the mound or any of that stuff. Like no one teaches him anything that makes him better. Everyone's just like, fuck you, believe in yourself. And eventually yeah. he does. And that makes him great. Because We do. We do. <laughs> We've been at every game. I don't know if the microphone can hear that I'm pounding on my chest, but there's a lot of that in the third. <laughs> Back to this there movie. is yes which we should get to yeah right. we're getting to it so he shows up at her house late and she's like i told you i couldn't see you tonight because it's the night that her boyfriend's there and they invite him in and they're just being assholes to him oh they like, treat him like shit you don't know what caviar is yeah how dare you you know it was just yeah he leaves and they kind of break up and she's like i should have told them about you i should have told you about chris and i didn't and i'm just like okay yeah like this is great i there's still 50 minutes left in this movie so i know this isn't them breaking up you know like whatever but also it's a real dick move to bring your daughter's ex-boyfriends to dinner dead like the dad is always a villain in this movie Yes, we cut to them prepping for the game the next day and we get another fat shaming adventure with Miles Yeah, where they're like, she's going to squash you and kill you. And it was just like, first of all, (laughs) she's not big at all anyway. Like, and even if she was and he liked that, good for him. Just quit being dicks. Some people are into that shit, man. Like, let him be into it. Some people are super into it. Hey, there's a lot of people in this Yeah. Yeah. Let people like what they like. Anyway, Freddie Prince Jr. is going over the lineup with the coach. And this is where the coach is like, someday it will just click and you will have muscle memory and you will do it. Which, oddly enough, is the closest thing he gets to good advice. It is. Yeah. And I love that, like, he gets this advice and then he goes and fucks up so bad at this game. Like, so it bad. doesn't help him immediately. It does help him, I think, later. But later. At, at this moment when he receives it. And it does seem like, oh, this is the turning point for him. He's going to crush it. And no, he does exactly what he did before and loses the game for them. He does. And here's what's really extra weird is because I do think this is weirdly good advice for some for some stuff where like I think if you're really good at anything, there is a period where you think you're really good at something, but you're still struggling. And then there's a period beyond that where you really figure out your version of it and it feels natural to be that good at it. And that's a completely different feeling. And looking back on it, you're like, I had no idea what I was doing 
doing and now I feel like I do. And I feel like that is what he's trying to get at, but he won't get there for like two more games. Well, largely because he fucks up so bad in this game, he gets they bumped. They don't let him play. Yeah, he gets bumped off of the starting lineup, and it's now just like a relief pitcher they might use in a game, right? Right. It's more or less the end of his career. Right. Or yeah. something was in the flames of that fire that he inhaled to make him play be- baseball better. The fire hasn't happened yet. I know. But he doesn't get it, good till afterwards. Oh, oh, yeah. You mean, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, maybe. I thought for sure when that fire started, I was like, oh, my God, are they going to kill that guy in a fire and they're still going to have the game? <laughs> uh, but no, they didn't. So the Phillies scout, the guy from Scrubs, after the game is just like, hey, you, you are good at this. Stay focused. Yeah. Uh, I do want to see you pitch again. Okay, bye. Uh, and he's like, oh, good fucking luck. Which is very kind. Yeah, because like most scouts would ap- after that game would be like, okay, just like crossing this guy out of my book because yeah, there's no need mm-hmm. to watch him anymore. Yeah. Right. But so he's super mad and he's talking to Jessica Beals about it. And he's like, I love it. And it's the thing I love. And I can't even do it. It's out of my control. And she's just like, you're the only one that's your. And I'm like, Again, that no one's giving him good advice. Like, what are we doing? But I mean, Jessica Beale's in a similar situation to what he is at the point where she really, quote, can't do what she wants because her daddy won't let her or whatever. <laughs> Except that it is aggressive. It's an aggressively solvable problem. Oh, both of them are, Paige. Like, that's what I mean. Like, she, of course she's going to give him bad advice. She's giving herself bad advice. Yeah, well, because, and he gives her good advice. He's like, you could get loans. You could do, like, I know that's not ideal, but like, you could do that. And she's like, you don't even understand. And I was like, what? No, what? what are you talking about? That is exactly what you could do. When the movie wanted me to feel sorry for Jessica Beale, I aggressively didn't. I was like, yes. oh, yeah. I'm sorry that you can't live this ultra life of privilege anymore and pursue your actual dreams. But like, welcome to the fucking real world. Yeah. And in this speech, like, She's talking about all this stuff. He's talking, and I'm like, this is more story than what's in the actual movie. Like this one scene of exposition. <laughs> yes, you're, abs- you're absolutely right, and you you kind of tone it out. Yeah, oh, because you're just like, oh my god, this is like the fourth one of these. Like I don't, and then she's like, my parents are having a party, and I'm like, don't go to that party. He's gonna try to tell you not to date her. Like that's how it always happens. And guess what happens? <laughs> exactly that. Exactly yeah. what you think an '80s villain would do. Yeah, and then. And he's like, okay, come, like, I'm leaving. Come meet me later. Okay, cool. Meet me at the baseball field at midnight. It's not that, but it's more yeah, or less that. It's basically that. After the game, meet me tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and in the conversation with his dad, this is when his dad is basically like, stop dating my daughter. Or I'll stop letting your dad mow my lawn. Uh, and he goes, <laughs> he does go home to his dad and be like, hey, I don't want to fuck up your business, but like, this is what happened or whatever. Yeah. But Freddie Prince Jr. didn't do anything wrong. Like, it's 100% Jessica Biel's dad being the worst. Yeah. So we cut to them meeting up later, and they're basically breaking up. And he's like, you go to San Francisco. I'll do whatever. Yeah. Uh, And then we watch as the other pitcher and his friends break into a souvenir stand and light an entire book of matches (laughs) and then just drop it. And don't look at where it (laughs) felt like, what? What are we talking about? What (laughs) about that man's tattoos that he clearly applies every morning with a Sharpie? (laughs) Maybe you think he knows anything about fire safety, Paige. Yeah. I should have known better because it it catches on fire. (laughs) Freddie Prince Jr. has to help them out of the fire. There were flames on his glove, Paige. Yeah. Foreshadow. It was (laughs) actual foreshadowing, yes. And he, not only does he drop like a lit book of matches, he kicks it 
into a like thing old of like newspapers. old newspapers and oily rags. They just left them <laughs> sitting right there. Yeah. So they they pull them out, but it it burns down. So they're immediately off the team, and Freddie Prince Jr. is now going to get to pitch. But also, Jessica Beals is at home with her dad, who I guess contributed to building that box. And he's just like, "Oh, great! You're in the newspaper for the the box burning down. You've just embarrassed the f- whole fucking family." And I'm just like, "No one gives a shit." <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> the little like subtext of the picture is like, Tin Penny looks on as Field Ten burns Penny. or whatever." <laughs> And you're like, how dare you be in a newspaper? She didn't set the fire. Yeah. She was just there. There was yeah, nothing it's... negative in the article at all. Yeah. I mean, they essentially were v- like victims. Maybe not victims, but like Freddie Prince Jr. is a damn hero, man. He like ran in there yeah. and like unlocked the door and saved the like really good pitcher's life. Like, yeah. yeah. And then he's uh, whatever. The dad's a villain. Like the dad is the worst character in any movie. <laughs> the worst. Uh, but good for us. Fred Ward shows up. And it's just like, oh, fuck your lawn. And I'm just like, yeah, Fred Ward. I love That's that. That's fucking right. Yeah. I, yeah. He's like, everything you've told my son, he told me. And he's like, what? Why? <laughs> Why would I have to deal with the uh, repercussions of my own actions? Well, well, well. If it isn't the consequences of my own choices. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but then we cut to Wilmer Valderrama relenting to the sexual harassment he has been subject to this entire movie. Yes. And he's like, I guess it's probably easier just to sleep with the woman whose house I'm living in because, like, he'd be homeless otherwise. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's not great. But we cut to the bar later and they cheer for him because she, quote, made a whole cucumber disappear and it was, quote, Guinness Book of Records type stuff. Okay, so, like, where'd she put it, though? I don't know. Okay. I think it was Fez who got cucumber is all I'm saying. I was thinking maybe that was the case as well. That's what I think they're telegraphing in the scene. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. I, I really do think they used it on him. Potentially, or she loaded it and then shot it out like a cannon. <laughs> and it just hits his chest and he's like, let's do this. Well, no, because she's like, do you see the basket at the end of the bed? And I thought maybe she was like loading stuff up and sh- making baskets. Fruit baskets? I mean, technically, because it is fruit. Like, she's just super kegels. Hang on, guys. I have a awesome business idea for you. No. Paige, get a bunch of friends. <laughs> Edible arrangements? Yeah. I can't do that shit. I don't have that pelvic floor control. Yeah, all you gotta do is stand above it, I guess. <laughs> or just you know, work out with some weights and shit. Uh, anyway, so they all cheer for him. And then Matthew Lillard's like, she made me a cucumber salad, which I think is a joke. But I was just like, Ooh. Well, even if it wasn't a joke, because he went there for lunch, like, yeah. I think... That would have happened before Fez had sex with her, right? So like, but then she wouldn't have had a cucumber because. Well, maybe she just bought like five cucumbers and used two to make that salad. Like, I don't think he ate Fez's booty salad or, <laughs> or her pussy cumber. Uh, <laughs> we don't know. Anyway, so we cut to the coach is like, "You're starting tomorrow," and he's like, "Everybody's expecting to see that other guy tomorrow." So like, all the scouts are going to be there. And he talks to his brother and his brother, he's like, just pitch your game. And he's like, what is my game? And his brother's like, oh my God. Like, you're just asking this now? Like, what? But this isn't the first time an older brother has been shocked at how little his younger brother knows. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure, sure. (laughs) Well, and he literally, he's like, hit your spots. Don't throw fastballs every time. Like, don't try to show off every time. Just be strategic (laughs) about it or whatever. I did love this conversation, though, because he's like, but I want to be intimidating. And his brother's like, 
Do you want to be intimidating or do you want to be rich and successful? Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, what, you yeah. fucking idiot. Like, so funny. Yeah. Uh, but this is where we get the, we cut back into the bar and we get the, like, what did one fat girl say to the other? Who cares? They're fat. Oh like, my God. That, that, the, you know, fat girls are like mopeds. They're fun, but no one wants to see you ride it. Like that kind of just a horrible joke. But then this is where Miles is like, fucking enough. I like frat girls. He stands on the table. Like yeah. he makes yeah. a proclamation. Like he's Michael it. Scott and he wants to declare bankruptcy. And I was here for it. And you know what? That dude will get to fuck anyone he wants because he was honest about what he liked and he will have a line, a line of women. Oh, I'm sure he pulled very well that night. Yeah. And for the rest of the summer yeah. or whatever. Now, here's something really interesting uh, that I noticed uh, so they cut away to Freddie Prince Jr. a couple times, and there's a guy sitting next to him at the bar who's like a very famous comedy agent. Really? Yeah, a guy who like represented Adam Sandler and like a no bunch shit. of stuff back. Okay, in, but back in the day, like he still represents people now, but like specifically back in the day, he was very very famous. And I was just like, what's he doing there? And and then it's gone. He's only in like that one scene. <laughs> and I was like, this isn't going to be interesting to anyone but me. But like that dude has represented like everyone who was famous in comedy at the time. So I wondered if he was maybe Matthew Lillard's agent at the time or something like that or yeah. one of the other guys. And that's why he was mm. there. But anyway, so we cut to Jessica Biel shows up and he's like, why didn't you meet me? And she was like, oh, I'm packing because I'm going to San Francisco. And he's like, OK, uh, what time are you leaving? Whatever. We cut to the game the next day because they effectively break up or whatever. Yeah, more or less. And the, at the game, we have the new mascot, the like, ahoy, matey. Where she drinks and fights and vomits. I mean, she is more or less the Gordon's fisherman on a peg leg. And I yeah. loved it. I, her whole mascot journey is one of my favorite bits in this movie. I have one note. Okay. The peg leg should be a fish stick. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say baseball bat. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Either one, though. I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. But let's keep going. <laughs> anyway, so the game starts and he pitches a no hitter and it's very uneventful for the next 20 minutes he doesn't pitch a no hitter he gets close he's on the way to hitting a no hitter right all of this juxtaposed with uh we see like cuts to jessica beale like packing and leaving and her mom like taking her to the airport and then she's like take me to the game mom and then she shows up at the game and then talks to her little sister for a second looks over at freddie prince jr who's on the mound they don't say anything but like they catch eyes and then she just leaves, which, okay, is it possible that Jessica Beale's little sister has been dead for years and she's the only one who can see her? No, because she does talk to Freddie Prince. Okay, 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 And okay. she talks to the crowd. Okay. And Matthew Lillard. Okay, my point is, I don't think you ever see Katie talk to either one of her parents in this movie. Well, she probably talks to her nanny. <laughs> I think she came out as a mascot and her dad has disowned her. She talks to her dad at breakfast, which is how her dad finds out That's that right. Jessica Biel is, That's right. is okay. banging it out with uh, their landscaper's son. Yeah. It's a very can't buy me love scenario. It is. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Anyway, so he's on his way to pitching a no hitter. She shows up. She leaves. He looks for her. She's gone. And he's like, I love her, bro. And I'm like, what? How do you not love this meeting on the mound, though? Because it's like he calls the catcher up and he's like, hey, man, I love her. And he goes, 
I love her too, but like, can we just like finish the game? <laughs> you have two more strikeouts until a no hitter. Also, it's not like San Francisco is off the planet. Like, I don't know, Paige. Uh, it kind of is. Out there. Yeah, it's, you had debit cards very early. We did, but like, he sees like her leave and then calls the catcher up and is like, "Hey, I gotta go." Bring in the relief guy. So they do bring in the relief guy, but the cat, the coach is like, what's going on? So the coach goes out yeah. and he like explains to all of them, like, I love her. And they, they all go, we know, like, go, just leave. We don't give a shit. Like he could definitely close it. He's the best closer in the league. Which he then, they jump in the car. They intercept her at an airport where they just drive onto the runway. Page. Like they clearly didn't have access to Page. an airport. Clearly. So they just like meet on the side of the fucking road. This is also not like an airport airport. Like there's like Cessna around so it's like a yeah it's like a private it's a airport. private airport yeah. yeah which i mean they're rich as shit they could be taking a private plane like i'm not mad about that like setting wise that's fine but yeah, they yeah, do yeah. drive onto the damn tarmac and then he gets <laughs> out of the car and he's like i just pitched the game of my life and she says quote let's, let's be, be together, together. <laughs> What? It is my favorite line of the movie. I literally well, rewound she it twice. she wasn't listening. She was just waiting to talk. I wonder what it's like to maybe have a podcast with a gentleman who <laughs> does a lot of that. Spoiler alert, it's awesome. Good for you. Stop talking about my ass. <laughs> you got a dumper, Mikey. Mm. Anyway... <laughs> At, at this point, she's let's be together. And then the rest of the teammates show up to the airport because they have somehow auto magically figured out where they went. It's his dad, his brother, his friends. Yeah, yeah it's no other teammates because they're still playing. You hear oh, the game right, end right, right. on the radio. And his dad gets out of the car and says, he did it. You guys won the game. And like nobody gives yeah. a shit. But they brought <laughs> the scout with them. Yes. Because the scout is like, I'd like to offer you, you know, you get to play minor league ball with the Batavia Muck Dogs uh, with a 50k signing bonus and his dad's like make it 75 and he's like alright and he does like <laughs> agree to it he gives him the baseball hat $75,000 would be like $129.2,000 today so it's a, nice. that's a good sign on bonus for the minor leagues I honestly have no idea what those salaries are like I can't imagine they're amazing but I'm sure they're fine I, I don't know yeah I don't know uh, and then we cut to like as the credits are rolling we see that he's been called up to the Phillies and he fucks up on his first ever pitch and it is Ken Griffey Jr. So like, I'm not even a baseball person and I know Ken Griffey Jr. So like, yeah. He, he like gets a home run and everyone's like, welcome to the show. And I was like, man, this movie was boring. And, <laughs> and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. So they seen the movie and they talked about the movie. What do you guys think about Summer Catch? I'm good with never seeing this again. Summer Trash. <laughs> Oh, man, I loved it. It is bad, though. Like, I'm not trying to say it's a good movie. It is a bad movie, but it is just my kind of bad. It really won me over with the, I did it. I pitched the best game of my life. Let's be together. Like, it won me over in that moment so what? much. It was so bonkers. I loved it. Do you think they're still together? Absolutely no, not. not. She she went on to architect, and he went on to probably have some sort of court case against him. <laughs> well, he's in Philadelphia. Yeah, where they whip batteries at people sometimes. I But no, they're definitely not still together. No, she's with no. someone like her ex-boyfriend for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And she's designing their summer home. <laughs> 
But Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? Very few. Well, hit us with your fun facts. Summer catch fun, fun facts. facts. Uh, Mark Blucas, who plays Miles, okay. can be seen wearing a Wake Forest baseball cap in the movie with a yellow WF on the front. Uh, that's because the actor actually attended and played basketball on a full scholarship to Wake Forest University in really? Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, and so he's actually repping his school which that's, is kind of fun that's awesome good for him yeah now the batter at home plate when they pan the field and it is the real field on cape cod with the playground um is hyannis's brendan harris who made his major league debut in 2004 with the chicago cubs so like a guy who was in this movie and then three years later was in the majors so it oh, is like cool. a real thing um there's also uh, a real life baseball player named christopher rosado who graduated from boston college which is one of the where freddie prince jr's character supposedly went yeah he appears briefly as a left fielder on ryan dunn's team there, there's a handful of other baseball players just kind of scattered through where they get like one or two shots it's based on like whoever was available yeah they're probably just the actual baseball players that could actually do the stuff they needed them to do you know yeah uh john mcginley who's the guy from scrubs uh, is playing the scout for the Phillies uh, named Hugh Alexander. That's actually named after a real scout named Hugh Alexander who worked for the Phillies for many, many years. And he scouted a ton of MLB like future players from multiple teams during his 64 year career. Jeez. Yeah. 16 of those years were spent um, scouting for the Phillies. Wow. Oh, cool. Good for him. That's a good long career, man. That's great. Yeah. Kurt Gowdy, who was an NBC play-by-play announcer, or he played that in the movie, the NBC play-by-play announcer. Yeah. Uh, and Hank Aaron, also in this film. Wait, the baseball player Hank Aaron's in this film? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's in this film as just like a bit part. Uh, I think wow. he's actually sitting next to Kurt Gowdy when Gowdy's the NBC play-by-play announcer. Oh, cool. I think. I honestly don't know what he looks like, but I know his name. Like, he is a world-famous baseball player, you know? like Yeah. Okay, he's the scout that six sits next to the Philly scout. Okay. That he talks to a couple times throughout the movie. That's Hank Aaron. That's cool. But yeah, again, I was I was like, I couldn't pick him out of a lineup if I tried. Now, this also was the third out of five films that Matthew Lillard and Freddie Prince Jr. did together between 1999 and 2004. Basically, okay. every year they did a film together. I mean, Freddie Prince Jr. was like a star at this time. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. This is his... Him and uh, Lillard's big moments. This is their peak. But man, like they're they're great. I really like them. And they're good together. Like they have good like friend chemistry. Yeah. yeah. Now they also multiple actors in this film were also on WBCW series at the time. Oh yeah. Jessica Biel was on Seventh Heaven. Yeah. Mark Blucas, who plays Miles, was on Buffy, and Christian Kane was on Angel. <laughs> Um, now, originally, this actually was in development for a long time. And instead of Matthew Lillard and Freddie Prinze Jr., it was supposed to be Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Okay. Yeah. I could have seen Which that. Which I think uh, I would have been, this probably mm. would have been better. But yeah. those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk a little bit about box office. So what do you think the production budget was for Summer Catch in 2001? Five million. No, 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 no. Like 20? Oh, God, really? Mikey... Is closer, Paige. Oh, yeah. that's Paige, you're going to be very upset when I tell you that it was $17 million. Oh, jeez. None of that's on the screen. No, agree. But if you adjust for inflation, that's $29.3 million today. So 
you know, it's a it's a pretty high budget movie for this kind of movie. Now, this movie came out on August twenty fourth, two thousand one. So the end of August, right before September eleventh, this movie was number sixth that weekend. It came out. Um, it was beat by uh, American Pie number two, which was the number one movie that weekend. Rush Hour two was number two that weekend. Uh, number three was Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Number four was The Others. Number five was The Rat Race, and then of course number six was Summer Catch. What do you think Summer Catch made in its opening weekend? Six million. Oh no, I think it's three. Mikey, you're closer, but you're both under. It's actually just over $17 million. It was $17,018,000. Wow, sixth place in the first one. Good for for it. It's not bad. I mean, it is like peak movie going season because like no one's in school. It's like a lot of people are going to movies at this time. And this movie probably would have made more money if not two weeks after it came out. September 11th happened. Uh, It didn't get an international release. So what do you think it made domestically in its total box office run it was in the theaters for 10 weeks total but what do you think it made in those 10 weeks 35 million i'm gonna say 26 million yeah so it only made 19.6 million dollars oh jeez that's a drop off that is a drop off it is a drop off like it went from making seven million dollars in its opening weekend four million dollars in its second weekend and then it never made more than in the one million dollar range and it quickly fell out of i mean it had like september 11th happened like right then you know so, like, I just think not as many people were going to movies because of what was going on at the time. Yeah, that makes sense. It did make its budget back. I'm not sure that if you include in marketing, it would have made its budget back, though. And if you adjust for inflation, that $19.6 million comes out to $33.9 million today. But it didn't do great in the theaters. It's also not a great movie. Like, I do think... million is probably what it deserved, but I love it. It's crazy bad, but that's your box office. Mikey, do you want to hit him with that romance scale? Yeah, romance scale is how romantic we found the film today. That's a hard one for me, and zero lion roars. Well, yeah, I mean, Paige, I'm going to agree on both. It is not super romantic, and there is no sex, so like it's a zero on the the roar scale as well. I mean, I'm going to give it one out of ten romance, but I'll give it a roar for Jessica Biel's pool scenes. Okay, yeah, she is in great shape in this movie and still in amazing shape. Yeah, she married that dude, right? Justin Timberlake. Yep. And that's your romance scale. So this week, Mikey, you made us watch Summer Catch. Next week is my week, and I'm going to continue our Richard Curtis theme that I have going. Uh, And I've already told you what's going to come after this, so we know what's coming after this. Can I guess what's coming up this week? Yeah, you should know if you know Richard Curtis's catalog, what is coming. So yeah, please. It's about time, isn't it? It is about time. We did about time. Yes. I have seen this movie one time. I remember crying a lot. I don't remember much of the plot. Although I do know it involves someone getting in a cupboard and like squeezing his hands until he goes back in time. And it was silly. Um, it's <laughs> okay. I, I, I like this film, but I, def, I, there is, hmm, there's something, there's about, definitely some time travel manipulation. Yeah. In there's it. definitely something to be said about, I mean, if you could try time travel, we would manipulate everyone around us. And then that doesn't make you a, great protagonist yeah unless you're fighting an evil time person right which is why like time, time cop, cop slaps time 100%. cop is fucking great i've never i've actually never seen it but time cop and terminator are the best time travel romances 
<laughs> but your homework for next week is to get in the cupboard and watch About Time and then check back for that episode. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Oh, shit. Well, while you're looking one up, let me tell them how they can have their review run on the podcast, and that's to leave us a five-star text review, and we'll have Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? I keep, I keep stalling for time. I don't have to stall for time because I can edit, Mikey. I'll just cut out the dead air. Yeah. <laughs> That's not as much fun. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Okay. Uh, Sarah K. Martin. All right. What does Sarah K. Martin have to say? 85. They say perfect title review. Well, I think that's a little generous, but I appreciate it. There's a shortage of perfect podcasts in this world. <laughs> it oh. would be a pity to damage yours. <laughs> it would be a pity to damage this one. <laughs> <laughs> that is a perfect review right there. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Good. <laughs> High marks. <laughs> this trio is truly the perfect mix of witty, fun, honest, thoughtful, ridiculous, clever, and entertaining. They balance commentary and summary effortlessly. I look forward to to it weekly now please finally cover the princess bride please finally. we we will for uh, it's a big like milestone a big episode yeah we can't one. just do yeah. it as like episode 174 or whatever you know it's got to be like 200 or 250 or 500 Something or some like shit that. like that yeah yeah because it is a fave honestly like i'm worried about that episode because it's gonna be us like i love this movie yeah me too here's what happens i love this scene me oh, too young carrie elwes <laughs> Oh, as you wish. But also, as soon as I can find Lady Jane streaming, we're watching it. Hell yeah. Well, Sarah K. Martin, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your review, leave us a five-star review. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn. It's, it. it's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show SHO like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, pages at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys on page. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. I gave her my six penny. <laughs> Bye. Bye.